It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Bustin' Loose Baseball with Grant and Danny. Interviews, analytics, and analysis on everything baseball in the nation's capital. Bustin' Loose Baseball, Grant Paulson, Danny Ruye, and producer Gareth Dameron with you. Happy to be bringing you a second pod of the week. We are taping as the Nats are playing a matinee against the Cardinals. They'll try to battle back and beat St. Louis after a pretty devastating ninth inning and an awful loss last night. If you go back to Wednesday evening, the Nationals dropped a 6-5 to game. They led... By four runs, 5-1 to one going into the ninth inning. And in fact, Danny, this season in Major League Baseball, teams that were up by four runs were 8-17-0 in the ninth inning at protecting four-run leads this year. Those teams are now 8-17-1. What was the one? Oh, yeah, we just went over it. Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, Kevin Franzen on the telecast mentioned that a lot of times it's hard for closers, and Kyle Finnegan is no exception, to have the same juice, same adrenaline, same stuff when it's not a save situation. Well, he pitched himself into a save situation. It wasn't, you know, a bunch of home runs, uh, some walks here or there, you know, an anatomy of the beginning, a couple of base hits fall in, and, and there's your extra base hit to win it. That was a tough one. I mean, listen, losses pile up and they accumulate. I, I remember thinking years ago in 2012, this is an obscure memory, more than it's a decade ago now, a 98-win team, by the way, I think it was in August, had a eight or nine run lead against the Braves, coughed it up, you know, in, in this, you know, the last couple innings, they fell apart. Braves ended up coming back to win. And I was like, this is just a, this will be a seminal moment. This young team that wasn't ready, they're going to go into the toilet. They won't be able to come back. And they ended up splitting the series, winning the next two games. And, you know, of course, 198 ball games. And their failure against the Cardinals had nothing to do with the fact that they blew that game against the Braves. It rolls off. And that's what being a pro is. It sort of teaches you how to do that, how to deal with, the adversity that's inevitable in this game, et cetera. But in the moment, I think for those young guys, that's a tough one, man. You did everything right for eight and two-thirds innings, pretty much. And and to lose it that way, you know, it's this is a hundred loss season. We're just counting down the days till it happens. But that one's probably gonna sit with them a little bit longer. Well, they'd won six out of eight after they blanked the Cardinals on Monday, six to nothing. And then they lost four to one on Tuesday. And so not that it really matters, but it was a chance to finish that. You will at that point have taken two out of the first three. From St. Louis, you wouldn't have lost the series no matter what happened in this finale that's ongoing right now, and you would have had won seven of your last ten. Again, this is all kind of moral victory stuff because what really matters? I mean, the development of young players, whether they're winning or losing these games, 
is largely irrelevant, but it was tough to watch Finnegan get hit around that way. And you're right about closers. I've never really understood the psychology behind what you referenced. I guess you said Franzen had mentioned it on the, the telecast. Mm-hmm. I was listening to Charlie and Dave for the most part, but I don't understand why that's a thing, but I've come to believe it is a thing. It just There's enough anecdotal evidence now. I used to think it was just kind of a platitude that people who didn't do their homework said, you know, but it's real. I mean, these closers, when they're in these situations where they're brought into the game basically to get work because they haven't thrown or just because it's their day to pitch or to keep their arm fresh, whatever it is, and it's a three, four, five, six-run lead, it, it is different than a one-run game. And, and as a non-save four-run cushion, I get that you don't have the same juices flowing as coming into the game to strand a base runner or to pitch out of a big spot. It's weird that that's a thing, but I, I do subscribe to it. No, it is. I, I mean, at, at all levels that I've dealt with, my, my roommate and uh, my best friend on my college team was our closer. And midweek games where he was just going to throw an inning – he was not the same as Saturday in a conference game. He just wasn't. And it's not because he didn't care. It's not because he didn't want to try to throw well. That's what he did. He just wasn't the same guy when it came to it. And you, I've seen it time after time after time after time with big league closers and you know people at kind of all levels. They're adrenaline junkies. You know, you thrive on that. There's no net. There's no way to uh, you know uh, sort of bumpers on on your on your bowling alley. It's a f- high failure. Thing any small bit of adversity, thing that doesn't go your way, can be magnified. Nobody remembers the, um, you know the, the 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 bad run you that your team gave up in the fifth or the sixth that ended up costing you. They remember that ninth inning, right? That that's the guy that's always the goat. I don't mean in the Michael Jordan way. I mean in the oh my god, you screwed us up kind of way. I have no trust in the closer. It's a really really hard thing to do to basically sit around all day for hours and hours and hours and then get up and and have the you know the, the ultimate adrenaline pump. But the guys that can really do it thrive in that kind of environment. So I understand not having the same juice if it's artificial. In that game, though, and in that loss, prior to Finnegan blowing the lead in the ninth, Carl Edwards got a hold in the eighth, had a clean inning with a strikeout. Wanted to just point him out really quickly as a guy who's been tremendous this year. I mentioned on the podcast, and I still say, I would have traded him. Same here. 31 years old, but with controllability, a guy that'll be back next year and should be a fixture in this bullpen, they grabbed him off of the scrap heap, and they've gotten a lot out of him this season. He's going to end up pitching in somewhere around, I would guess, close to 60 games, like 57, 58 games or something like that after not even starting the year at the big league level. He's got a sub-three earn run average. Now, I have mentioned this, and I will continue to tell you that ERA is a bad way to evaluate relief pitching performance. You know, when you're looking at relievers and bullpen arms, I think ERA is really misleading because one bad outing where you give up, you know, you walk someone on a close pitch that they spit on, then you give up a bloop single with a broken bat, and you make one mistake that gets barreled and it's a three-run homer, you're basically having to pitch six, seven really good innings in a row just to get your ERA back in whack. So there are just other ways, whether it's strikeout rate or whip or other things that are indicative, I think, of relief pitching excellence. Um, depending on the role, maybe it's the percentage of runners you're stranding, you know, the bats you're missing, things like that. But I will say on Edwards, you know, a 2.9 ERA on the season, 52 innings, 49 strikeouts, almost a K per inning pitched. His whip is a little over 1.1. If you look at the the splits for him you know, in his last 
couple of weeks, he's got a 270 RA. Last 15 games, he's got a 25. I mean, the last month, he's been better even than he's been on the, the whole season, including his strikeout rate trending up just a tad. Uh, this was a, a win for them. I mean, they found a guy here. Yes. You look at some of the uh, percentile metrics that we talk about on this pot a lot. 76th percentile average exit velo, 79th percentile hard hit rate, 83rd percentile expected ERA and expected WOBA, uh, 86th percentile X batting average, 88th percentile X slug, 93rd percentile barrel rate. Fastball spin rate is 97th percentile. I think that's an area where he's really shown major strides. I mean, his fastball spin's always been great. Going back to 2019, he had like a 98th percentile fastball spin. 2016, 100th percentile. But I think because it's become more in vogue, it's going to keep him in the bigs. It's going to keep him getting shots in his 30s, pitching at the top of the zone, where you know his velo at 94, 96, you know, at any given moment, uh, is going to look higher than that for the most part. Um, but doesn't miss a lot of bats for a, a power arm at the end of the bullpen. You know, whiff percentage. 44th percentile, chase rate, 51st percentile, walk percentage, 19th percentile. There's some things to work on, but by and large, I think the stuff has been really good for a guy who has thrown his fastball about 67% of the time and then throws a lot more change-ups than you'd expect, but it's mostly it's fastball, it's curveball for him. He's throwing harder than he has in any year since 2017. Average fastball velocity. Is he right around, where is he now? 94.7, the drive. Um, His uh, 2017 velocity was in in the 95 range. So they're playing Michael Jackson on that radio station? Yeah, it's it's a a lot of prints. It's a lot of 80s hits. Who programs Carl Edwards' velocity? Davey Kiner Jr., I think, is oh, the guy. Davey That's Kiner. a very inside joke for three or four people. Nobody gets that joke. And just let it – we just want you to know that it's really funny. It's a great joke. We're just telling you right now, that's a great bit. You won't give us credit for it. You guys wish you got that joke because it's a funny inside joke. It's for me, for Danny, and Darius. And then, like, two other people will be like, huh, yeah. Any hoodles, he's, he's been really good in, in with his fastball. And the spin rate part of it, uh, something I wanted to touch on. I'm telling you, there's something going on with his fastball where hitters don't look comfortable. It's 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 not quite That's a, what it is. It's not quite a doolittle effect where it's you know it's tunneling. It looks like it's hydroplaning and it's taken off. I swear to you, sometimes his fastball cuts, sometimes it rides. It's there's something a little extra movement to it in addition to that spin rate that I, I can't put my finger on because it's not every time. I saw it last night when he was he was um, uh, pitching up in the zone a couple times. He got a called strike on a pitch that frankly was probably a little bit out of the box, a little bit up, but. I tell you, there was horizontal break on that ball, and I'm going, "Oh, is that a is that a cutter that he started to throw? Is that is that a I don't know a, a slider or something to that effect? It wasn't, but it was it was that fastball jumping up there mid 90s with a little bit of something on it. And if he came around that one, or maybe had a little extra index pressure or a little extra pressure from his forefinger to make it do that, it's an interesting little dynamic that he's kind of added here. And being able to pitch at the top of the zone with that jumping fastball makes that curveball play a little bit better. And you already mentioned that changeup. He's been a nice asset for them. Those are the kinds of dudes, though, that Mike Rizzo has always. I think done a really good job of, we'll throw this dart at the wall, this reclamation project that nobody was really in on, get something out of him, and spin him for dot, dot, dot. They didn't spin him, which maybe they didn't get an offer they like. Maybe nobody was calling or, or I mean, who Rizzo knows. on the radio station that you and I do our daily show on goes on every Wednesday with the sports junkies in the morning, and he basically said we weren't just going to give controllable relievers we like away. I mean, they. I really believe they think he'll be 
pitching in the seventh inning, or who knows, maybe the eighth inning at times for them next year. Sure. Really, every conversation we have about next year, I, I always mention this, and I think everything comes back to this. Who's your owner? Are they spending money, and what are they doing? Like, when does the owner get here? Are they aggressive this offseason? Do they want to make a splash right away? When Steve Cohen bought the Mets, he wasn't going to just rebuild, right? I mean, you knew right away he was throwing cash at that all of his problems at that team, and they were going to be good as fast as possible. If you get some big-money owner in here who just wants to win immediately and, and try to compete, very, very different than if someone buys this team and continues what could be a lengthy rebuild. But, yeah, there's a good chance this yeah. guy's pitching in high-leverage situations next year for them. You're going to eventually get Tanner Rainey back in the bullpen. Uh, he obviously had Tommy John surgery, so that won't be at the start of the year, presumably. And you're, you still got Finnegan, who is actually, I, I know it's an odd day to say it, after he just gave it up against the Cardinals, but he has been really good this year. Yes, he has been. Uh, and, you know, the, there have been a couple of those really rough outings. I, I remember one against the Reds, and now you, you have this one with the Cardinals here yesterday. But overall, the numbers paint a pretty good picture for him. More than a strikeout per inning. Um, you know, he's doesn't miss a ton of bats, but the stuff plays. I mean, he, he painted a 98-mile-an-hour fastball yesterday on, um, I'm trying to remember the, who the hitter was, left-handed hitter, maybe Carlson, where you just kind of go, you do that every time you'll be in the dugout with with handshakes. I mean, that was just really damn impressive. The stuff is there, certainly. And, you know, you make a couple mistakes and you get yourself a big inning or two, that's inevitable for the closer spot. But I'm with you. I, I, I've been pretty damn impressed with him as this season has gone on.